Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Tetzaveh Shlishi, the third Aliyah in Pashas Tetzaveh. The topic of our Aliyah is the Me'il, the Tzitz, and the regular clothes. The Aliyah that we are learning is 13 Pesukim long, writing from Perik Chofches, Pasuk Lamel Aleph to Per Pasuk Mem Gimel. Let's try to understand this Aliyah as an overview, and then we'll jump into some points to ponder. So first we hear about the Me'il. The Me'il is some sort of, uh, it is a larger tunic, so it's above the shirt. It's completely blue, Klil Techeles. And we hear a little bit about the headspace, so it's uh, it's got a safa, it's got a hem around the head opening, like, it's interesting the Torah even uses, like, as Rashi explains, like chain mail, which is an opening which is fortified around the opening, so it's not just torn up, torn open, as some of the shirts in those days were, just to insert the head. And then we hear about at the bottom, Shulav, on its bottom hem, the very bottom it would have Rimoneteches, these pomegranates, which are little blue circles, um, hanging and um, and um, and, pur- and purple vertolas shani al shulav and then we also had um, there were these pamonim there was these bells of gold all around it as well um, and this would be worn by Aaron v'nishma kolob v'oel akodesh lifnei Hashem it would say sevelayamos it his voice or his sound could be heard as he entered and as he exited and he would not die that's the first thing we learn about the next thing we learn about is the tzitz. It sits is a um, a it seems to be a plate which is worn on the forehead of the um, coin and it was written on it Kodesh la Hashem holy to Hashem and it was there was these straps these um, ribbons which are blue trellis ribbons which would hold it around the side and over the top um, over the forehead of Aaron and he would wear it um, um, as it says he would bear the sin of the holy and it would be a ratzon it would be to the, the endearment of them in front of Hashem. And then finally we hear about the mitznefes, which is this, hair, this the, the hat worn by the Kohen, above which the tzitz would be strapped to. And then we hear about the children of Aaron's clothes. So we have we hear four clothes, they have, they have kutanois, the, which are shirts, they have Avnetim, which are belts, Migbaos, which is the name for their Mitzlefes, which is their turban, and um, uh, um, uh, as well. So it is interesting to note that these four garments, four basic garments, which is pants, shirt, belt, and hat, would be for all regular Kohanim, and the Kohen Gadol would have an additional four garments, which we just learned about, which is Aphod, Choshen, Me'il, and Tzitz. And uh, we hear that, that these should be worn by the Kohanim anytime they come to serve, that they should not die. This is an eternal law. So a few points to ponder. What is the function, number one, of the me'il, of this large tunic which is worn? This is robe which is worn. So Klayakor explains that it atones for Lashon Hara. It is to atone for Lashon Hara, which is why he says it is blue. Why is it totally blue? Tcheles, a very striking color. Remember, the ephod was worn over the meal, so you wouldn't see all of it, but it did, certainly around the front you would see the blue. That would be the most distinctive color of the Kohen Godel as opposed to the, the Kohenim the, the Kohenim Hediatas, the, the regular Kohenim. So why was it blue, says the Kleyaka, for a simple reason, is we're supposed to think of the sea when we see it, and the sea is unique in that it has boundaries, natural boundaries. The sea, generally speaking, for most of history, is not overlapping the land. It stays in its natural boundaries. That we and the, as the Medrash explains, our speech has two natural boundaries, and they are 
made of bone and flesh. Those are the lips and the, and the, and the teeth. We are supposed to also keep the boundaries and not say everything that comes to our mind about everybody else all the time. We are able to also hold back. That's part of the necessary boundaries that we need to impose upon our own lives. Um, and another aspect that the Klerko points out is that we see that the tikkun, the correction of the chet of the Baraglim, which was Lashon Hara, was the tzitzis, which had the tcheres, that's where it's introduced into the, we'll call it, the proletariat life, the regular pedestrian life of human uh, people. So it's the same idea of Lashon Hara, of Lashon Hara. We're supposed to think of Hashem, the, the Kisayakawa, the throne of glory, and avoid Lashon Hara. This might explain as well the idea of why it makes a noise, why you have to these bells in it, because it is the idea of noise. It is atoning for noise itself. Now, why are the bells? What, 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 what about the bells and the pomegranates? The Ibn Ezra record, uh, rec, um, records a debate. In fact, there's a debate Rashi has and the Ramban has as well, which is: is it alternating bells and pomegranates, or is it the bells actually contain the pomegranates? When it says pamon zahavarimon, pamon zahavarimon, does it mean alternating or internal? And that's a debate that the, that the Ibn Ezra succinctly. Um, um, expresses. Another question is why is being heard so important? Why is it that it says that, that his voice needs to, or his sound needs to be heard as he enters and exits? The Ramban explains because it is like he is asking permission to enter the inner chambers of the king. That means to say that it is very crucial that you don't just walk into the king's chambers. It's not as if you have the right to be here. So when Aaron would enter and serve in the Kodesh, in the Kodesh he would have to wear the meal in a way that would announce his arrival, announce He's leaving as well, and that's why it says the Ramban similarly, even on Yom Kippur, even though he wouldn't wear it, um, wouldn't wear the meal when he went into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, nonetheless, it is the, the idea of no person should be in the tent of meeting is to show the severity of being invited to Hashem's house. You don't have the right to be there, the license to be there by yourself as well. Now, moving on to the next item, what does the tzitz actually look like? So there's a, actually, there's a debate as in the Gemara in Sukkot, as to how it was written. So the one opinion in the Gemara, quotes, uh, which is the Tanakhama, the first opinion in, this, in the Tanatic Brisa, is that it would have have a Yud Hey above, which is Hashem's name, and then Kodesh Lamed, Kodesh 2 um, below. So it'll be Kodesh 2 as long as you read it upwards, going Kodesh 2 upwards to Hashem. Whereas Rabbi Lezab Rabbi Yossi exclaimed that he once visited Rome, which means to say he went to the Vatican and saw all the captured equipment of the nation of Israel, which was there in the Vatican then and probably still is now, and it said Kodesh Hashem on one line. So it's fascinating, there's a debate as to how it was written in two lines or one line, and one of the Tanaim suggests that it was actually, he saw it the one way there. The Orachim HaKadosh actually on our apostle points out, that this clearly shows you that, um, that, that the matter of whether it was one line or two lines was not Ma'akev, was not something which withheld its functionality in its service as well. Now, what was its function, actually? So the, the, the Gemara in Menachos and Tavchof Hay says that it was Meratze al-Adam v'achelev shekarvu When a person brought a korban in an inappropriate way, in, in a state of impurity, that was a terrible, egregious sin because you're using the conduit of what's supposed to bring atonement in an incorrect way, and therefore um, it would atone for that as well. Although, as pointed out, pointed out above, the Nitziv does point out that there are other characteristics, not just atoning for sin, but it also is 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 to avoid azos meitzach, which is um, brazenness, which is usually associated with the forehead, which is where Aaron would wear this. There's a lot of interesting discussions as to where the tefillin would go of the kohen gadol, because the kohen gadol would wear the tzitz, 
the Gevetzilin and the Mitznefes, which is his Hatches, a very fascinating arrangement. What went on first, a lot of discussions which I had around this. Now, what are the clothes of the Hegiatos, the four basic clothings for? So, Yurav Yosef Bechor actually quotes Chazal, who say the pants that the, every coin would have to wear would obviously be a sign or symbol about morality, that, um, covering the lower parts of the body. Um, the tunic, or the, or the shirts, would be for the sin of Yosef, which was the sin of Yosef because his um, kasones, his shirt was taken, his coat was taken and ripped. Um, and the, this is about infighting in Israel. The belts, he says, were, is about a type of Avodah that the Chaldeans culture, which is the surrounding culture in Israel, would would um, would uh, um, serve. And the mitznefes, wearing on the head, was also about brazenness, um, would be about, um, also associated with the forehead as well. Now, why do the hediotas have different clothes? There's lots to discuss in this, but one fascinating point that our Soloveitchik points out is that if you look in Yeshayahu Perigud Aleph Pasuk Hey, the Pasuk there says, ezor chalatzav, that faithfulness is the girdle of his waist. Our Soloveitchik points out that the belt represents faithfulness, emunah. And he points out that as opposed to the very lofty ideas of the, the close of the big day kahuna of the Kohen Gadol, where it's about the sins of the Kodesh and all these things, these lofty ideas that would be represented in those big day, the, the Shemona Begod and the eight clothes of the Kohen Gadol, the, the basic Kohen, the regular Kohen, was expected to have the belt of Emunah. The, the idea of Emunah. Emunah is a faithfulness, is something which is not relegated to the leaders. It is for every single individual to have as well. Now, the interesting point, just in terms of symbolism over here, is how long were the how long were the belts and the turbans? Um, so the belt, in fact, the Gemara describes was thirty-two amos. That's thirty-two cubits. That's a very long belt. In fact, it was wrapped around the coin thirty-two times because roughly an amma to go around the circumference of a human being, depending on their diet. Um, and metabolism, but, but roughly speaking, we're talking about 32 times, which is about the lave. 32 is the gematria the, of lave, which is heart, lamed bays. And the turban was only 16 amos, was only um, 16 cubits long. Rav Sorotskin points out in the Oznaino Torah that we see that in a certain sense, when if symbolically wrapping this around these areas in the body is to represent, um, to, to uh, sort of be, so to speak, keep in check these different um, allegiances or thought processes. It's interesting that the head requires less wrapping than the lower regions of the body or the heart, and that the reason for that is, is because the, when it comes to intellectual corruption, that's not so much of a burning to a desire or passion as much as we'll call it material corruption, which leads to the requirement of having an avnate, um, the precursor of um, much of the gartels that are used today. This is the, the conclusion of the third alien. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day.